Awoga, this is a 12th cast. If you've come in search of lemons in general, then you're in luck, because this is the Ganymede and Titan Dwarf cast commentary for the Red Dwarf 10 episode, Lemons. But before we get onto that, with less than a month remaining until the debut of series 11, it's time for some news. And some news this week is that Friday's weekly update consisted of six beautiful photos from the upcoming series, which is obviously the perfect thing to discuss on an audio-only format. For the record, the photos are Rimmer squatting in front of some crates with a scutter, Lister and Cat bathed in blue light glimpsed through a door, Giant Scary Fucker with Giant Scary Fire, Sammy the Squib, Sofa Banter with a Blender, and a befucked Starbug Cockpit. Over in the comments section, Ali Green was the first to point out that the picture of Lister and Cat playing video games apparently comes from a Series 12 episode, which Stephen Fletcher, Pendo86 and Stephen Abootman later corroborated. Could it be that these episodes have been swapped around between the recording blocks? Unlikely, I'd say, as nobody mentioned anything when the synopses came out. Perhaps a rogue picture from the wrong series has slipped through, or perhaps a single scene has been moved from one series to another. Or it could be that there's just two similar looking scenes, one in each series. Or it could all be an elaborate conspiracy between Ali Green, Stephen Fletcher, Pendo and Stephen Abootman in order to get mentioned on a dwarf cast. The shits. In other some news, the main topic of conversation this week remains UK TV's decision to premiere each episode of Series 11 online a week before broadcast. The poor buggers must be somewhat taken aback by the fans' response, so sorry about that. But if you're listening, remember that it's not too late to change your mind. But assuming that they won't, we've launched a survey in order to figure out what the hell you want us to do with our coverage of the new series. And it will remain open until some sort of consensus is reached, or the series airs, whichever comes first. Just head to Ganymede.tv and click on the tiny picture of a young Craig Charles groping his own breast. And that's all the weather. So now it's time to sit back and enjoy our excellent commentary for Series 10, Episode 3, Lemons. This was recorded a few weeks later than the first two, and joining me, Ian Symes, were Jonathan Capps, John Hoare, Tanya Jones, and the fan club's Joe Sharples. For the full, tedious experience, queue up your copy of the episode and press play after the pips. This commentary contains frank discussions regarding religion, which some viewers may not find offensive enough. Hey! 8 out of 10 cats prefer Ganymede and Titan! www.ganymede.tv Hey! Ooh, that looks nice. <laughs> I know, actually, this was mentioned um, on the previous two. That I, I just walked in the room and I now. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I won't repeat that, but that's really nice. Lemons is, according to the Silver Survey, the third best episode of Series 10, controversially IMO, uh, and 38th overall of 61. So uh, not too far off the magical top 36. I think that's. A pretty good, pretty good placement overall, and in the series as well. I think actually, beginning and Trojan are better, according Ooh. to the Silver Survey. Yes, I, I, <laughs> would, I would disagree. I, this is my favourite episode, but I'll get onto that. I just want to point out at this stage that when this episode was recorded, and indeed the pickup of this scene was recorded during mm-hmm. the um, recording for Entangled, it started with Lister singing Ganymede and Titan at the top. Ah, they, they, they cut. They 
just cut to it a bit later on the broadcast version. Was that Entangled or was that Dear Dave? One of them. Yeah, I remember Possibly it, so Dear, Dave. Dear Dave. But um, I haven't taken it as a personal slight against us. Um, <laughs> I me. think that Practice Rectum is the first of <laughs> two or three arse jokes in this episode. <laughs> it's, a, it's, it's a good... It, Doug may be a little bit preoccupied. <laughs> well, he's, you know... He's a, <laughs> Up a middle-aged man. <laughs> you know, I'm sure he has doctors four. that are obsessed with his ass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when life gives you lemons, make ass jokes. Mm. Yeah, the phrase goes. Uh, which of the slightly awkward Rimmer doing material scenes is this? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I was thinking actually um, Rimmer used to be an awful lot more piffy than he is nowadays. Mm. Yeah, he goes on a bit. He goes on. <laughs> yeah, you go, maybe, I mean, maybe it's legitimate thing about getting older that you go, go on a bit more. <laughs> I think generally. that's actually true because I definitely do. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I was just, we missed the uh, kebab. Uh, I don't know what it actually caused, what problem it caused. It doesn't seem, seem to cause a problem, it just seemed to cause a lot of smoke and. Oh, in, that's that's in, the next, in the next episode, you're time traveling again, Tanya. Oh, I talk about another. Oh, oh my god! But yeah, the the problem with scenes like this is to me that it looks like two generic people having a conversation. It's like a sketch mm. where they're not really behaving in character in any way. Yeah, isn't it? it yeah. doesn't tell us anything about them. I I think I mean, Lemons is my favorite episode of the series, um, but I only really think it kicks into gear when they. Yeah. Go. Yeah, back these, in time. these first few minutes are so preamble Yeah. But the the previous scene in the sleeping quarters setting up the bits of meat that Lister is preparing is Yeah, uh, that's well worth is, yeah, doing. Is it needs to be there for the later joke. Um And there's some decent payoffs from the stuff that's set up here. Um the Shakespeare stuff gets better. Yeah. It it's the seeds have, of a running joke. Yeah. It it doesn't quite have the payoff. You expect it to have a big payoff at the end. Mm. And it it has this, and then it has a couple of references, but it doesn't really have a, the big thing at the end that you expect it to. Yeah, the right. book is relevant to plot reasons. So there's, at least there's a reason that this scene exists in the context of the episode, <laughs> mm-hmm. which is more than yeah. i said of other episodes. And some so. credit has to go to the title, The Most Influential Humans. <laughs> <laughs> in a world of gelfs, you know, <laughs> yeah. you've got to make that distinction. It's just racism. It, really. It's not even volume one, either. <laughs> Meg. There's some debate. Yes. Oh no, there it is. It's there in the subtitle. <laughs> That's a lovely shot. Yeah. yeah, and it isn't on for long enough. No, no yeah. It's a it should be at problem. least twice as long, <laughs> that shot. Maybe yeah. it goes shit after that period. <laughs> because we've all, seen, we've all seen where Smeg. So I think we're getting the best of what we cut. Uh, again with the jokes that are just riffing off jokes um, they've actually, done in the past one interesting thing I, uh, I want to raise has anybody actually had lots and lots of trouble putting together flat pack furniture <laughs> <laughs> no. I've, I've stayed away from it in the main but I've never had any trouble I've never had any problems putting together you read the furniture. instructions and they give yeah. you all the parts and then you do it 
I'm pretty sure Doug's possibly had some issue in the past. Do you know, Doug it wouldn't surprise me. I mean, he went through what hell then, to get it ordered. And then he rang their customer service. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I do like the shot of Cat playing with the... Uh, that's the most Cat-like... Yeah, yeah. and the Cretans. Um, and when it comes to welcome quarterbacks, that music is yeah. very welcome. Yeah. Yeah. Cretans. The, Cretans there, music. there is a thing, it's like... I mean, you know, even back in 2012, mm. really, Ikea jokes, really? Yeah. Is this where we're reaching... It's, so the, the start of the episode was like on ship stuff and like just general day to day stuff, setting up a couple of threads and whatnot. That's something the old series did a lot as well, but it was more relevant to their current situation. Whereas this, it always it seems a bit more like talking about Shakespeare, like mm. stuff outside of their little bubble, I guess. But by this point, they should be all that stuff should be irrelevant. Oh, this the socks are pretty disgusting. And again, I'm bored of Red Dwarf doing sock jokes that have like it's. I don't. This is the stuff that annoys me all the time. It's these repeated gags that I start just. I'm bored of them now. I'm, okay. I'm just bored. We're in the good bit now. We are. We're in the back lot. <laughs> We're in the one bit of location shooting they did in the whole series. And even then, the first time they did it, there was a problem with all the footage, and they had to scrap it all. Oh yeah, this is the drop frames. Yeah. Thing. So they went out on location twice to do the same scenes <laughs> twice. It's a bit like when you bought stuff in from the car and you get in and you realise you've left something in the boot. So, so you just throw away everything that you brought in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is a, a location that will not be in series 11 or 12. Unless they, you Unless know, they go to Shepparton. <laughs> they decide to go to Shepparton. They really like that bit of wood. There was a visual gag on the night of recording that yes. I don't think is in here anymore. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Sorry, carry I'll, on. I'll bring it up when it when the bit comes up. There's still some frame dropping going on. Here. There is. There is, you're right. And it's it's really weird, isn't it? But it's like so they could do location shooting properly in nineteen eighty eight <laughs> but they couldn't get a camera that worked in twenty twelve. Well they got reds, which is almost yeah. a camera that works. <laughs> I think it's an issue with the ridiculous workflow of a red camera. Yeah, yeah. Just the just the fact you need. I mean, you, you need people. Who, I mean, how many cameras are there that you need specific experts about that camera? Mm. <laughs> like, I know it's pretty pioneering and, and all that. It doesn't seem very practical. No, that's what you're saying. <laughs> and and I think your concerns are legitimate. <laughs> I think practical. Well, they're not using reds for eleven and twelve. No, they're not. They're oh. using Harry Alexas instead. Are they good? Are they fine? They're similar, but they have a overall a smaller resolution, but still massive, like oh. still bigger than HD. I remember that. I think I read it on GNC. And the set report, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to the best of GNC. <laughs> <laughs> it's just this. It's like minutes of silence. It's all the quiet bits in between the things that we've said. I do quite like India as this way. <laughs> he's a robot as well, he would know. So they started in Shepatonia. Yeah. yeah. In, in the, the temporary uh, map. Yeah. Which I I know why they didn't do that for this real, is but still it's still unusual though, this like We're in India now. Like Indiana Jones or yeah. Marco Polo. It's an undwarfy bit. And actually yeah. you could have just cut to the market. You didn't there's, need there's it. There's no there's no yeah, they've never 
They've never walked that far before. Mm. Even. I don't know why they're doing it now. I like no, the, the cast being able to shave. I, I do like the fact that they're getting a laugh out of every character coming out like it's only being served. <laughs> and when I say like, I do mean like. I don't mean I think it's a good idea. I'm perfectly on board with that. I think everyone listening is absolutely aware of your position. <laughs> I like the concept of this woman having been to Britain in 23 AD and going to come back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she didn't do her job, she didn't do what she likes. <laughs> Again with the repetition that we mentioned before, yeah. death, death, death. It's a, it is a very, something that Doug's really kind of, a, um, does quite yeah. a lot of. <laughs> it needs to be a long and overwinded it's like explanation so that Lister can undercut it by saying, Yeah, have you got any lemons? <laughs> citrus, citrus. Evil. Uh, this is a good set. It is. Mm. Yeah, it is a really good set. <laughs> Beautiful. Um, so that we, I just wanted to say that so we didn't forget to mention it at all in the entire thing. Took up about twice as much room as any of the other guest sets as well. So it was. I don't know, presumably it was the main one that they planned around, but yeah, it's beautiful. It I mean, smelt amazing. This is the kind of thing that you look at and you think, well, I kind of understand why some people might think this wasn't shot in front of an audience, mm. because it doesn't really look like it is at all. That's true. Um, um, uh, yeah, well, like it's just it weird be. that you can achieve this in such a small space and a sitcom budget, yeah. Yeah. and a Dave sitcom budget. Yeah, yeah. And maybe goes to show that there are programmes that don't have this ambition that really should have this yeah. ambition because actually you can do it. Yeah, All you need to do is gather enough fans for your show over about 20 years and wait until they're in production and then you, you attract <laughs> talented think, people. I think Plebs go, um, manages to achieve the same sort of thing. Um, it's just saying that Plebs isn't really all that funny. <laughs> They forgot to do the funny. <clears throat> they forgot to do the funny. Yeah, what when I was when I rewatched this in preparation for um, watching it again for watching it again <laughs> now, um, I kind of felt because this was my favourite by far of the uh, of series ten, and it wasn't as funny as I remembered it, mm-hmm. and I do think. Part of that was because I was quite disappointed by Trojan, especially, and then I was disappointed by parts of Fathers and Sons, and then Lemons was kind of it's it's almost the contrast of oh I do like this a lot more than that. So I it was a lift, and I I feel like maybe I went uh, uh, looking back on it now I, I don't like it quite as much as I did then. But one thing I do think really holds up is um, the story. Yeah. which I think the story is really really good and actually continues to get to get more and more interesting for me that's what, that's what lifts it above the rest of series 10 most yeah. of which I really like it's yeah. just that this one in particular it's, it's, a it's a proper ensemble piece where all of them are involved it's it's one single plot that yes. runs through <laughs> there's no need to fiddle with it and add extra bits on yeah exactly the, the B and it's C plot they're on, placed yeah. by running gags and stuff yeah. and all that sort of thing. Like there is a clear purpose, there is a clear plot, there's a clear beginning, middle and end. It was good. Overextended Rimmer pretending to use a calculator there. 
Uh, what do we think of James Baxter? I don't mind him. I was shitting myself, to be honest. He's <laughs> <laughs> the uh, best thing that he's ever he's, said. Yeah. He does. He does a good job, actually, with um, with an okay part, and I, I think he's got a lot of charm. Jesus, the King of Kings. It's the I ultimate know, part. The ultimate part. Um, well, we'll see his ultimate part a bit later. Well, I suppose it's more like Brian, isn't it? Really, if we think about it. But um, yeah, it's he. He basically sells the role very, very well. But apart from the fake Geordie accent, by well, which I mean the Macklem accent. accent. <laughs> that that eBay line still sticks out to me. Yeah, as being odd. Yeah, it's a it's a, a modern reference too far. I think it's fine that they know who Marilyn Monroe is. And Shakespeare, mm. but eBay, in the grand scheme of things, will be a very specific. <laughs> I mean, even now it's dated because then, eBay isn't really, mm, you know, yeah. as ubiquitous as it although, was. Although, when, although when thinking about things like this, I I always end up thinking of the Norweb Federation. <laughs> <laughs> but that's really that's charming. True. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's you true. See, you see, it's charming because we all we're all nostalgic. And ah, oh, do you remember? That's true, although arguably Norweb Federation in itself is a joke and eBay isn't. Mm. eBay is just eBay. It's just a reference. Whereas Norweb Federation is yeah. a gag even in two words, let alone the rest of it. But yeah. Actually, even yeah, not knowing what Norweb is or was at the oh, time. Also, Norweb sounds funny and eBay doesn't. Mm. <laughs> I would it's argue. Scientific. Yeah, that's that's my. Excuse. I sense an article brewing. Why is Norweb funny? <laughs> but but the thing is, but they use Norweb for a good joke, whereas yeah. they don't really use eBay for a particularly good joke. I suppose there are good things in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> there are, there are. But they're not, perhaps not as easy to talk about. Yeah. Shall we talk about the fact that this scene is split in half during broadcast? The ad break is. Here. Really, yeah. What, that's such a shit thing. It's <laughs> really weird. I don't even know why they. It's almost like they timed it and just said, "Well, this kind of has to be where it is, where, where, you know, where it goes." I mean, were they trying to do a cliffhanger? I don't think Doug was ever thinking about. No, I don't. Breaks. No, no they were clearly don't. designed to be watched in yeah on DVD, Blu-ray. Uh, it's an Which, interesting yes. subject, like the ultimate version. Yeah. Why is that? Yeah. yeah, it's clearly the. I suppose you could you could discuss about how important it really is nowadays um, that that you only go maybe you'll only see the version of the ad break once and then you'll rewatch. See, I no, I disagree with that, but I'll tell you why because a lot a lot of people (laughs) are watching this on Dave's on demand, and that's got the ad break. But they'll only watch it once. Briefly, that was a good cut. Maybe to the Last Supper. Sure. Yes, yeah. it is. What visual gag? I mean, they wouldn't sit like that, really. But <laughs> it, yeah. Well, in the Last Supper, they're not sitting in a realistic way because they've got a, t- a table with space for twenty-six people, and there's thirteen of them, and they're all sat on one. They all edge. wanted loads of legroom. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and the same applies here. This is this whole. Or most of this chase sequence was shot in front of the audience, wasn't it? Which is yeah. one of the most ridiculous <laughs> things I've ever sat through as an audience member. It's nonsense. It's if I remember just... rightly, you, however briefly, did fall asleep during this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it just... And I've sat through it on 
the IT crowd as well then when they were shooting certain things that clearly shouldn't have been shot in front of an audience and that it's for, for the greater good you you need to pre-record some scenes and all I can all I can think is they ran out of time well I to bet do it. yeah I yeah. bet in an ideal world they probably wouldn't have I mean given the amount of extras surely in an ideal world they would have wanted to wrap all of this up in pre-records rather than getting like 30 odd extras out on an audience night I don't know I mean it, it's odd because like their entrance was pre-record and the entrance would be a would have been a great scene for the audience yeah. so you think if they did that pre-record then do, do I recall we went into the recording late because they were still recording that was making the beginning. that up ah right okay fine. yeah okay which we'll get to in three weeks yes we I'm leaping ahead now this feels sort of oddly devoid of tension even though it is meant to be a, a scene full of tension and, yeah. you know, it's, <laughs> it's uh, another scene where the <laughs> members of the cast are pushing against the thing that is <laughs> it's, yeah, no, it's, you're right. It's very like the end of Fathers and Sons. The yeah, the you're right. The tension isn't really there at all, is it? And also, they start together, making, they? <laughs> and they, they don't seem to be in any rush to start. No, I do love that the joke. They're, they're doing it so that they can have dialogue that's got jokes in it. <laughs> <laughs> because it's a sitcom. I do like how the but, the genesis of this this episode can be traced right back to when Doug was writing it in questions on Twitter. Yeah. yeah. Right, all the lemon stuff. And like, How can I make a battery in I find <laughs> <laughs> uh, Just back to your point, because I do take your point that they're doing it that way so they can put the jokes in. But if you were doing it more urgently and uh, more yelling things out, wouldn't the tension increase the comedy rather than having it being a bit kind of flat? But, uh, a bit... I think in this particular case, there's there's quite a lot of intricate wording going on with Crichton's dialogue. Which is a bit of a problem in if you're trying also to set up a tension build, will they get it put together in time? But that's the that's kind of my point, is that I don't think that they're going for tension. I don't think that's the purpose of that scene. Really? I thought that was meant to be, you know, they just put it together in time, just as they burst through the doors! Um, well, they burst through the doors because the cat and Lister aren't holding the door shut anymore. Well, you see, yes, I also thought that was a bit of a problem, <laughs> to be honest, because I thought, surely, as they rush, they'll rush in and cut them down before they even got a chance to do the it circle. It was real quick, the battery. Then no, maybe, maybe there's an argument that you could have taken some of that dialogue and done it before the tension was supposed to start, so you had yeah. a bit more. Maybe that would have worked better. Well, it put the... Um, the jig together s sort of and then maybe you know break it in a slapstick way and then have to put it back together again it's, I mean, they kind of like they've kind of done it before that way but I'm I'm dribbling so I'll, I'll leave it alone there's another book there and it's called all-time greatest astronomical explorers <laughs> Now, what do we think of this rube, jab, boob, job joke? Because He's not going to have I... a rubella injection, surely. Is he an anti-vaxxer? Hmm. <laughs> isn't it, isn't it young women who have, or girls that have rubella? Do you know, boys oh, don't, don't have rubella, know. do they? I don't know. But I don't, I don't, so I don't know. I have rubella, I'm sure you I, have rubella. I don't think I did have rubella. No, because it's, um, it's to do with uh, birth defects. 
I don't know what you're talking about, Doug. <laughs> he has got a history of medical inaccuracies. <laughs> there was a good joke before. Was, um, Crichton says, I think he has a kidney stone. It should be a simple operation. And Lister says, is it life-threatening? And Kat says, it depends who's doing it. It's a really <laughs> simple joke, but uh, yeah. During that discussion before, I was laughing at random intervals. Oh, I'm glad you enjoyed it. I'm glad you enjoyed it. This is pleasing, if only because it fixes the same joke into Katarad and does it funny, yeah. as opposed to rubbish. Oh God, yeah, mm. that is an um, accidental kind of Where, where <laughs> it's it's the the, the stuff in Katarad's done so badly that that it suddenly starts working. <laughs> <laughs> the time ones really weirdly. Uh, whereas that's just really nicely set up and very nicely played off. And I wish the Shakespeare stuff was done yeah, as well as that. Resolution. What's Lister talking about when he says Schneiderhauser? Is he penis. talking about the arse or he's talking about the penis? Yes. Oh. Because he's got his penis. A man's big pop. Is Schneiderhauser a widely accepted I, term? No. no. I've never heard it. Never heard it before <laughs> until, until this episode. Okay. Okay. I thought it was a Jewish term. No, are we being anti-Semitic? I think we might be. <laughs> oh shit! Better join the Not Labour again. Party. <laughs> Topical reference. Now it's quite impressive they've managed to engineer the episode to get to this point. <laughs> uh, I really, quite... I'm a really big fan of Rimmer's pride during yes. this scene of being there, the one no, to hold the penis. That, they haven't shown Jesus saying, "Okay, yes, do this to me." <laughs> he was signed a form. <laughs> <laughs> I do quite like that line. Yeah, no, this is good. And it's quite amusing, <laughs> given the context that this was... Um, was it Hollister? It was Hollister, yeah. yeah. It was Hollister. In the um, movie they said in the documentary. So it's just even weirder than Rimmer would have that sort of part of <laughs> Hollister. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the best the best running joke in the episode. Yeah, 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 it is. It's true. And I, I think my favourite joke in the whole episode is, um, uh, uh, what do they do before they add bags? They drop things. So. <laughs> it's a really, really nice line. This is some good dialogue. <laughs> <laughs> uh, are we going to do that joke every year? Or is yes. it still on GNT's Twitter feed? Yes. <laughs> It's only a small letter. You don't have to like speed read it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I feel that Chryson dropped the ball a bit here as well because um, he really should be aware of the consequences of people finding out about their futures because he's talk- gone on about it before. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, you'd think he'd check all the books. He's had one of those RAM clear-outs since I then. I think he has. <laughs> something you clear out. <laughs> Computer senility. <laughs> yeah, I kind of agree. And the Wallace but, and Gromit ju- reference is odd as well, yeah, isn't it? Odd, um, yeah. th- there was actually a really good effort before when Jesus was describing his kidney stone and what it feels like. There was some good, you know, pre-medicine sort of trying to explain what an ailment is. Some good sort of old English attempts. <laughs> <laughs> and that kind of um, I think, yeah. 
Uh, this is Indira Joshi being really good in this scene. This is actually, I think, my favourite scene in the uh, in the episode. I yeah, I think Jesus is a bit over the top in it, mm. but I think her calming influence <laughs> sort of balances it all out. And it kind of it's uh, uh, as I keep saying, and I shouldn't really repeat it, but I will. It's the scene that means the episode retains its bite. Yeah, seeing as we find out he isn't Jesus of Nazareth. If we didn't have the scene, I really think the episode would be so much poorer. But yeah, it's we really need it. Tradition of pointing out the hypocrisies of religion. Yeah. Red Dwarf. Someone else in here? <laughs> I'm still trying to figure out whether the line um, that's breaking the 10th commandment, that is, is a good line. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> awful. And I kind of think it's deliberately obvious. But... Yeah. But I am willing to be convinced like, otherwise. That's one of my favourites. I don't know what it is. That's no, that's genocide. I think that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, he wrote those commandments in a rush. It's a really, really nice scene. It's really good. And it's nice to see Doug Naylor getting on the social justice bandwagon considering what happens in the next episode. <laughs> <laughs> and the one after that. <laughs> and the one before this. <laughs> <laughs> it's very... It's, it's a series of extreme series. Part, part in the right place. Uh, for one episode. Yeah, it's this one. <laughs> this, this is Jesus quite an fighting Lister is clearly a very good thing to happen. Yeah. <laughs> See, this is... This is the bit of the frustrating thing that I love all this stuff and then when you find out it isn't Jesus and I'm just like, oh, I know why you did that, but it does dent, <laughs> just dents all this stuff. I would love in there the... to be an episode of Red Dwarf where Lister had fought Jesus. Yeah. And there isn't. Well, there you're making Jesus an historical figure for sure, for definite. Yeah. Also, in the characters' minds, this is actual Jesus So, Christ. So is this episode. No, it's suggesting it. It's not confirming okay. it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Lister thinks he's fighting with Jesus, with actual Jesus Christ, That's and true. so it still works. Yeah. Oh, I think it still works. I just kind of I feel it mean, deadens it slightly. I, I don't mean it doesn't work. I don't mean it's irrelevant or pointless. I just mean it's not quite as it's satisfactory. Almost, yeah, it's almost a shame that they weren't really touching actual Jesus. Yeah, rock. yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But yeah, just. The concept of how to deal with Jesus' penis, I think, is a <laughs> subject for a sitcom in 2012. I agree. I agree. Chicken Stealer, that's almost a Fable reference. They're all Fables, mate. <laughs> <laughs> is Cat's suit reused or just similar to one from much earlier on? I'm thinking maybe Inquisitor or something like that. Mm, I know. Yeah. I have to say, Series 10 does have some of my favourite swearing in Red Dwarf for quite a while. Yeah, and Jesus of Caesarea anymore. saying, oh, bugger, <laughs> is um, yeah. as amusing as um, uh, the various twats we get. <laughs> Kerry Shale. <laughs> <laughs> he's not a twat, he's just not very good. This may be Jesus or Judas. It doesn't say. It says in the credits, maybe. Yeah, but then the other one turns up. <laughs> it would be a coincidence. <laughs> yeah, well, that's suggesting that Rivers 
hitherto unmentioned weird subset of Christianity is also <laughs> specifically correct. He's got two <laughs> subsets of Christianity. Yeah. They already said that Jesus is a common name, so it's yeah, <laughs> as must be Judas. Man who may be Jesus and Judas. It's <laughs> <laughs> not confirmed. It was, uh, it's right there in the credits. That went by at quite a pace. It did, it? actually. It will do. It did. Yeah. Oh, I wish they'd got a flyby working. <laughs> <laughs> but this is still better than the uh, uh, end credits of Series 5. Oh, yeah. Which is. Very true. The worst thing about Red Dwarf Series 1 to 6 <laughs> is the end credits of Series 5. Yeah, this is nice for what it is. Yeah. yeah. So, John, you wrote the original review for Lemons back oh, in the day. Oh, I forgot we were doing this. <laughs> well, oh, how embarrassing. How, how <laughs> bearing in mind that I seem to disagree with everything I write about <laughs> 10 minutes after I write it. Hold on. Read... Oh God! Do I have to read it? Read the last two paragraphs. The last two paragraphs. And tell us whether you still agree. Not the one that starts with time teaser. <laughs> I'm such a wanker. <laughs> it doesn't say that. Leave that bit. Get get ready for some brilliantly uh, incisive uh, bullshit where I try and look really important and fail. <laughs> In today's multi-channel oh, fucking <laughs> in today's multi-channel internet distracted television landscape, an odd thing is happening. As budgets shrink, an awful lot of television today looks worse than twenty years ago. That's like the email threads that we have every day. <laughs> oh, this is convenient. I got onto this. I have my reservations about shooting in twenty-five p. I mean, that's the second sentence. <laughs> but it's undeniable that this series has absolutely bags of production value. It, uh, dash almost. Dash <laughs> makes it understandable how people could think the show would be impossible to shoot with an audience presence. <laughs> For that alone, a series 10 is impossible to dismiss. Lemons is the first time it's gone from something impossible for me to dismiss to something I actively enjoyed. That has to be worth something, not because I offer any great analysis, but just because I'm usually a miserable little cunt. <laughs> <laughs> Do you stand by that? Are you still a miserable little cunt? Uh, I actually stand by all of that. Good. I think that's... That was worth it. No, I think that's um, that's right. I... Yeah. No, I'm right and I'm brilliant. <laughs> but I'm glad you only picked those two paragraphs rather than well, the rest it, of it. You could read the whole thing, but no one's listening to no. it. They didn't um, want to read it in the first place. No. <laughs> Four years later. Um, I do like the fact that just above those two paragraphs are is a picture of Rimmer holding the tongs with a, uh, <laughs> a smug face. With a smug face. <laughs> but no, I actually do agree with that. Yeah, yeah it's my it's my top episode for reasons previously discussed. I didn't see it recorded, and because my absolute two favourite episodes in series ten are Lemons in the beginning, and they are both the only two that I didn't see recorded. I saw all the rest. I wonder if that's a coincidence. I think it is. But I think it is just that those two are the better episodes. <clears throat> yeah. just so I think they are. I haven't rewatched Dear Dave and um, The Beginning yet, but I would be very surprised if I... Uh, no, I have, but yeah, not, not, recently. not recently. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I would be surprised if I changed my mind. Lemons is my favourite, followed by The Beginning, and I think those are the two, the two yeah. best in the series. Well, let's not get into that too much because we've yeah. still got another three commentaries to release from exactly. 
but yeah, I kind of um, as I say, I I, I feel a bit bad. I, I was when I rewatched this this time round, I was slightly disappointed, but I do think that can just be chalked down to um, I was so happy when this showed up. Yeah, you built it up. I built in it the up. intervening years. Yeah, I I'm not, and I'm not. I don't think it, and and I do think the the plot really holds up. I think it was just a yeah. bit less funny funny than I remember. I think it it definitely in my opinion stands up against definitely anything from series 7 and 8 like it's similar in sort of structure to Ticket to Ride and it's got this one big time travel based yeah, yeah. beginning middle and end to it with it's a famous historical figure, figure yeah. and twists oh he's a historical figure now is he <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's it's better than that I, I mean I don't I don't yeah. even I don't even think Clemens is slightly better than anything in 7 and 8 I yeah. think it's streaks ahead of 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 any episode any of those 16 episodes it's it's not a close call for me so yeah as things stand it's my favourite from post 1993 yeah I would probably we'll go along see. with that based yeah, on series, some separate series parts, yeah I think there's at least one or two episodes coming up there may top it but we're yet to see we are I see on reflection, I think it's my second favourite after the beginning. I know people have been waiting. <laughs> um, yeah, the beginning's really good. The beginning's well. really good. <laughs> I think my main sticking point with that episode is that I don't particularly get on with James Baxter's performance. Mm. He puts his all into it and he does a great job, but I, I, like, th- th- there's a, He's... a disconnect that I have. He's better in Lemons than Still Open All Hours. I was about to say the exact same thing. <laughs> <laughs> I mostly haven't seen Still Open All Hours. Um, oh, I can pick out. I can pick out three or four. Give me episodes. a Watcher's Guide. <laughs> a Watcher's Guide's about one episode. <laughs> Watcher's Guide Still Open All Hours is about one episode of series. Yeah, to be honest, it's but you know I've got enough issues with Mrs. Featherstone still being alive. Frankly, <laughs> it really annoys me. Still open on layers of questionable canon. Yeah. <laughs> How weird is it that still open all hours and Red Dwarf Eleven were shot next to each <laughs> yeah. other? That's just <laughs> two ancient sitcoms from the past. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least all, all the wild cast is still one, alive. Wasn't open all hours one of those series that just randomly had like a six or seven year gap in between yes. series yes that's correct so strange very very odd I think it was just because Ronnie Barker was too busy well I think that's all it was him wasn't and it? David Jason probably mm. yeah, was David Jason busy at that? I thought you were going to say was David Jason <laughs> busy <laughs> <laughs> he was definitely busy in the early 80s oh of course I keep forgetting it's that late putting ponies in people's pockets <laughs> <laughs> anyway <laughs> is there any other business on lemons um, I, f- I feel like there should be. I feel like because I, I do I do feel like I've been a bit overly negative. I did I did enjoy the episode. Um, no, yeah, yeah, yeah it made me self conscious about that. I mean, it's just the way it always goes. Yeah, it's like pick things apart, but because that's a more interesting and easy thing to yeah. talk about. But it really does come down to this is good. This is good. <laughs> if if why all, did you do my voice? When you <laughs> if, if all of series ten had pleased me in the same way Lemons did, I would be sexually. Yeah, I just I would feel more well disposed. I think what it is, is it's a it's a really good. It's one of those episodes that the beginning shows that Doug can produce something under duress that's really good. 
and you know obviously snipping bits from things that are already written and this shows that presumably this is one of the ones where he had quite a nice lead in he spent probably you know a lot of time on it same with Trojan yeah. like it's just it just shows that he can it's put together a really good story yeah so it hangs together and yeah. makes yeah. total sense all the way through I think yeah with all things being equal and yeah. a, a bit of mm. good luck then mm. Doug can still produce very very high quality wind draws yeah, I think well, we will find out in uh, three, four weeks. Some maybe. weeks, some weeks. <laughs> <laughs> I do think that um, not me. There's there's a bit of a kind of weird. <laughs> there's a bit of a kind of weird thing where, again, I I think the thing that frustrates me is the episode does kick into high gear, or higher gear when we go back in time, and that starts. And I I really yeah. want that first bit to be better yeah, and I, and I want Red Dwarf kind of bog standard Red Dwarf scenes to be better and I get very frustrated when and, they're not and that's never like, one of the things I always notice about our sort of old series commentaries classic series commentaries is that we end up saying holy fuck we're only like we're only ten minutes in and we're, we're already up to this bit like, yeah. we're, like yeah. we're almost always catching up with the episode this one we did start to think when is it that okay, they go now, back oh, in time? Right, yeah, this is yeah. where it gets good. It's not as bad as other episodes in series ten for starting mm. the like Trojan, for instance. Yeah, Howard doesn't turn up till twenty minutes. It's <sighs> such a shame, and it's good stuff leading up to Howard, but you really want yeah. lots of Howard. Yeah. yeah, there's a. I think yeah, between this and the beginning, again, my two favorite episodes. Those are the ones that have the best balance. I think of getting things done because even though that did take a few minutes to get going that's still comparatively light compared to other episodes none of that stuff ended like with a lot of the other episodes the early stuff sets up plot threads that can drag down the Mm. main plot or continue to kind of almost pull at the main plot for the rest of the episode and be a bit of a a drag but yeah that wasn't the case there everything kind of got resolved halfway through I really really wish there'd been a final payoff to the Shakespeare stuff because that would make me retrospectively look back on. If Oak he scene. turned up at the end, then <laughs> <laughs> who maybe Shakespeare or Bacon? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they go back. I'll think they're going back to Red Dwarf, and they pop into Shakespearean time. Let, everyone knows Shakespeare him a, didn't exist. Call him a smeghead, and then change history so the word smeghead appears in Shakespeare. And also, um, they <laughs> stole it, and then they, for a bizarre series of mishaps, they end up wanking off Shakespeare. Yeah. That would and be really Cooper good. Was really proud to do so, despite his yes. earlier reservations. Yes, yes. <laughs> With barbecue tops. <laughs> and and his spunk goes all over a copy of the first folio, which is why um, there's errors <laughs> in the current versions of the first folio. I think I read that. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag Shakespeare effect. <laughs> and I think on that note, <laughs> on that note, <laughs> we'll draw the, the, this commentary to a close. Uh, well, thank you for listening and join us again next week next week next when we'll week. be talking about Entangled but until then Ed bye everybody Ed, Ed bye. bye did not die this episode I'm very sorry thank you for listening to GNT Dwarfcast and we hope sometime in the future you'll decide to listen to our Dwarfcast again have a safe onward journey goodbye <laughs>